Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello, Mark Homer here, and welcome. It's my birthday. As much as it's not particularly exciting to say I'm 43, unfortunately, it's true. So what are the most important things that I've learned in business? Well, the first thing, especially when you're investing and investing with property uh, and utilizing debt, inflation can be your friend. It can be your friend in such a big way. In fact, I'd go as far as to say that the biggest returns that you make in property could actually come from inflation. Let me explain. Inflation is the devaluation of money over time. Had a little look earlier on um, at a property that I bought in 2005. Cost £77,000 and I put that number into the Bank of England inflation calculator to work out how much that £77,000 would be in today's money and it's £120,000. That house is now worth about 160, so it's it's actually outperformed inflation. And one of my friends said to me this morning, well, it hasn't really done that well, has it? Because it's probably only gone up about 35% in excess of inflation, which if you'd bought that property cash, would mean you've actually only, in real terms, after inflation, probably made about 35% on your money from 2005 all the way to 2023. Not particularly good. However, if you've got a mortgage on that property, as I do, let's say the mortgage is £70,000, the value of that mortgage has actually decreased at the rate of inflation. So inflation has a negative effect on your savings, but it has an equally positive effect on any debt or mortgages you have. It reduces them by the rate of inflation. Inflation is actually paying your mortgages down. So let's just use that example of the property that I bought in 2005 for 77,000. So let's just say I took 100% mortgage out on that property. That mortgage would be still 77,000 pounds. But of course, in today's money, that 77,000 pounds is much, much less because of the rate of inflation. So if you took the real value of that 77,000 today, if you wanted to do it in today's money, that would be 120,000. So if the property price had only gone up by the rate of inflation, that would mean today the property price would be 120,000, but the mortgage is still only 77,000. So my, my loan to value has recreased, decreased from 100% down to 65%. It's such a powerful thing. Clearly multiplied over lots and lots of properties, you know, multiple um, mortgages and, and, and lots of debt, it has a, a really powerful effect. And it's probably, the, the thing that will uh, result in, in the highest returns in your property investments. Clearly when inflation goes up uh, to a high level as it does at the moment, interest rates go higher. Um, so long-term fixed rate debt can be very good uh, because it shields you from these periods. Some of the wealthiest people in, in property in, in the world have taken long-term fixed rate debt in a period when they can see high inflation coming uh, because it basically reduces the real value of your debt down to nothing over a period of time. And if it's fixed rate, your interest rate doesn't go up during the same period. 
The second big thing that I've learned that lots of people wouldn't necessarily focus on and see as something that would create a big win is taking lots of small, consistent steps over a long period of time and the result that that can bring to your business or your investments versus quick, big wins, which some people, depending on their personality, might focus on because it might be more exciting or they can see big returns. It can be quite good to track how you are moving in terms of maybe your net worth or, or what your business is making in terms of profit or turnover on a monthly basis. So you should really put all these numbers onto a spreadsheet so that you can see this consistent growth over time. The effects of taking those small steps over a, over a sustained period of time hardwires those habits into your head so it becomes easier and easier. So you know all those synapses in your brain, every morning they fire and they just push you down that road of taking the consistent step over and over again and the results compound into something much, much bigger rather than the sort of start-stop of finding something with which you think will create a big return. Sometimes it does, but often there's quite a big risk. So you're playing snakes and ladders all the time um, and over time the results are usually not as good. The third big thing that I've learned over the years is that you cannot manage what you don't measure. I love KPIs, I love data. People lie, people get confused. So if you like ask people generic questions about what's happening in the property market or what's happening to your rents on your property portfolio or you know what they think they're making every month, they'll give you sort of subjective answers, generic answers. Sometimes they'll just lie to you because uh, they want you to have a, a more positive view on whatever it is they're managing for you. If you get data and you get numbers, they don't lie. So every month, you really need to have key performance indicators which show you all the important metrics, all the important parts of your business, how they are performing. So, you know, with your rental portfolio, you want to know exactly how much rent you've received. You want you want to know exactly you know, which tenants are paying, which ones aren't, what rents they're actually paying. Uh, you want to see what all your costs are, what your maintenance is. You know, if you're running a business, you need a full profit and loss. So you want to see what your staff costs are. You want to see what, what all the income is. You want to see um, you know, where the overhead is increasing. And you need to monitor that month on month. So you can compare this month with last month and compare this month with the same month a year ago because you get seasonal variations. It's so important to measure everything so that you can effectively manage it and then you can work out who's doing a good job for you, whether it's staff, whether it's other companies, whether it's subcontractors um, and who's not. And over a period of time it makes those decisions very, very easy as to who you want to work with and who you don't. You can be really you can be really sort of objective um, and, and, and just look at, look at the numbers and, and sort of make long-term decisions based on those numbers rather than emotion. I feel like my life is often about constantly chasing things and trying to drag documents in and, and various other stuff. As I've got older, my general approach has become if I haven't got the document which shows something's done or I haven't got the the tenancy agreement in front of me, or I haven't got a spreadsheet with all the data on it, it's not done. That's my general approach. I don't necessarily say that to people. I don't say that to maybe staff that haven't done it or you know companies that I'm dealing with. But inside, if I haven't got that document, I assume it's not done. So therefore, 
um, I will chase until I get those documents and if I keep getting put off then I will either change the company I'm dealing with, probably not have that staff member for very long um, and I will move on to other people. Another big thing that I've learned over the years is that it's very topical at the moment to, to moan about how much tax we're paying, how badly the government is spending that cash. I don't think that will ever change. But one thing we don't often focus on is what reliefs we are claiming. Surely if we're going to moan about how much tax we're paying, we should be claiming all the reliefs that we're entitled to. And I think it's really important every year to make sure that you are you are claiming all those reliefs and, and, and offsetting everything that you can. So for example, if you're involved in commercial property development or converting buildings, make sure you're claiming all the capital allowances that you can. Make sure you're claiming land remediation relief on taking asbestos out, you know, and, and, and maybe if you're doing sort of house building uh, and you've got to uh, take out contamination from land, make sure you're claiming all the land remediation relief. In addition to that, are you using your full ISA allowance every year? Are you investing um, as much of your excess cash, the 20,000 that you're allowed to put into stock, shares, funds, lots of different investments, um, and as those investments grow and produce income, you don't pay any tax on that income and no capital gains tax on the growth in the shares. So are you utilising all of your ISA allowance? Are you utilising all of your pension allowance every year? You can take something like 40,000 a year um, of your income and put it straight into a pension. It can come out of a company um, and it can be offset against um, any corporation tax and it can be offset against any um, tax on dividends. So, you know, the, the, the benefit there could be something like 50% and if you, you've got a salary, you can, um, same thing, you can offset um, largely all of the income tax you pay uh, up to about 40,000 a year, depending on what your overall income is. There's, there's various things that your accountant needs to look at, but you need to do that every year, and you can usually go back three years if you haven't been making those contributions. You can also set a junior ISA up for your children, put something like 5,000 a year in, uh, right from when they're born. Um, that's gonna be a huge benefit for them over the years, because they're not gonna pay any capital gains or income tax on that money as they grow up. And you could set a pension up for them as well, and they can't get the money till they're 55, so quite a good savings pot for them. And the final major benefit that the government gives you that I think lots of people don't focus on enough is the fact that you don't pay any capital gains tax on your own home. You know, I think owning your own home, as long as you buy it sensibly, um, is pretty much free. I know interest rates have gone up quite a bit, um, but you could probably still get a mortgage on your house at maybe 5%. Um, you know, if you think, Annual property growth, if you're really pessimistic, is, is maybe 5%, but it's probably more like maybe 7 if you take it on, on average. So, you know, if you're paying in mortgage interest at 5% uh, and you've got some maintenance and sort of other costs, you wouldn't include your sort of utility bills because you'd have all those whether you were owning the property or, or whether you were renting. Um, but you'd include sort of maintenance and, and, and various other sort of costs of holding your property. I think the, the, the property growth of about 7% a year probably pays all the mortgage interest and those sort of maintenance and, and, and other costs, uh, maybe, like in, maybe like insurance, uh, to make your own home tax, to make your own home effectively free. Uh, when you sell it, you don't pay any capital gains tax. So there's quite a big incentive to, to go up and buy the, the, the sort of biggest and, and most valuable home that you can 
uh, afford. At the moment, we've got high energy prices. You need to focus on making sure it's energy efficient. Um, and you know, I've, I've got a couple of mates who've got very big houses, don't need all the space. They just shut half the house down and, and don't pay any gas or electric on, on that section because um, they live in the other half of the house. It is a major, major benefit not paying capital gains tax on your own home. Um, and I think it's one that we don't necessarily understand or utilize to its full extent. There are loads of reliefs, other reliefs, which the government give you. Uh, and it's really important to, to use them and focus on them uh, before we moan about paying too much tax, surely. And my final big thought for the day uh, is that um, over the years I've realised um, I can sweat the small stuff too much um, and in the bigger scheme of things, often irrelevant. Important to focus on the big picture. And yes, it's important to, to focus on where maybe some of the pounds and the, the shillings and pence are, are going. But if you sweat the pennies too much, you'll often miss the pounds. My latest project, Scape, is now all up and running. That building's been valued and, and refinanced now. Um, and, and it's another example of bringing old, redundant retail space into residential use uh, and, and refurbing and, and creating something that's a lot more visually attractive for the town centre. So that's what I've been thinking about recently. I hope it's been of value to you and I hope to see you all shortly. Mm -hmm.